0: Welcome to It's Always Day One. My name is George Reed, a former Amazonian turned Amazon consultant. Each week on the podcast, you're going to hear industry experts, brand owners and Amazon employees share their answers to the basic yet fundamental questions you should be asking yourself about your Amazon business. Now, let's jump in. Hello again, Dave. Thank you. Thank you so much for kicking off the new year very kindly and joining me for a a short chat on... Amazon operations. Um, trust you had a good new year. I want to get straight into this. I don't think we need an introduction because you performed brilliantly last time. You're still the most listened to podcast. You'll be pleased to hear. Um, so let's get straight underway. What changes do you see coming in the kind of Amazon operations world in the next five years?
1: I think one of the big ones, first of all, thanks Thanks for having me, George. But uh <laughs> That's the the I lost the word anyway. Well, you know, one of the big changes we'll see in Amazon logistics is, you know, they've been catching up and catching up to UPS um, and FedEx over the last you know five six years, and I think they're going to surpass that. And so, um, as you know, I'm sure that the key to transportation is density. Um, you know, you can talk about all kinds of different things, but the way you bring down your costs and the way you get to scale is density. And so. You know, Amazon has, as in the UK does, I think like 90% of their own packages delivery. And in the US, they're getting towards that. I, I read something that said maybe they'll do 87% in 2020. Uh, wow. and that's you know, somewhere between five and 10 billion packages-ish. Um, but the internet continues to grow. Amazon continues to grow. You know, sort of broadly, Amazon and the, the e-commerce grows at 20%. And so they just become more and more... Um, we don't like the word dominant, but they become bigger and bigger. Um, and you know what we've already seen is they've added um, support for, for third-party merchants as well as people who aren't associated with Amazon in the UK. Um, I'm not close to that, but I see posts on it in LinkedIn. Um, so I would expect they had a pilot going in the US uh, until, you know, until COVID started and they shut that down. But I would expect that to pop back up. And you'll see Amazon being a package carrier, not just for their own stuff, but for everybody, I think that's the that's the headline.
0: Not just um, stuff for everyone. Um, so I'm taking notes at the same time. I for everyone too. Now it's interesting you say that. Um, a client I've been working with, they are part of a new beta program that's kind of rolling out in the UK first part of this year, um, where Amazon are basically giving you their operations, their tech inside of the, the, your own warehouse and then you're able to utilize that to fulfill orders on the Amazon marketplace. But is that sort of what you mean by that? Where I, mean, I believe they're actually calling it flex bizarrely, which is a bit confusing because I always thought flex was more of the delivery drivers. So I presume you've already heard of that operation, right?
1: Yeah, this is seller flex, I think. There's um, seller, and flex, on, seller yeah. flex and vendor flex. Um, and, but, but the idea is, and and this is, uh, I don't know if I can take credit for it. This is something I used to talk about, which is, you know, if you can build a lightweight WMS and you give it away to the seller, you know, it's great for them because they don't have to pay for it. And it does exactly what they need It manages their inventory and allows you to pick and pack and ship very quickly. Uh, I would think it's good for Amazon because you effectively then get a feed of all the seller's inventory. And you know, just as it's important to understand the availability when you're selling from dropshippers or from, from distributors, it would be great to understand the inventory position of your sellers as well.
0: Yeah, particularly given the challenge over the last nine months, if Amazon are able to help sellers in any way with forecasting and ensuring that they can remain in stock by giving more, accurate recommendations of when they could look at ordering for instance from their supplier that's going to make the customer experience better because no doubt that will reduce um, out of stock as well right
1: yeah i mean if you think about there's the big buzzword of supply chain visibility this year uh which is you know which it means lots of things to different people but knowing where your inventory is is important and if you think of um you know the world in ten years where Amazon is the supply chain of the world, and every product that has a barcode on it comes out of a uh, of, uh, out of a manufacturing facility in China. it gets received into Amazon's supply chain network, whatever that exactly means. and it doesn't necessarily mean own fulfillment centers, it doesn't necessarily mean Amazon's trucks, but you know writ large the supply chain network and Amazon or you know anyone else, I guess, could have visibility to every piece of inventory that has a barcode on it in the world. Um, And that's good for uh, good for Amazon, good for the merchant, but most of all, it's good for customers, right? Because you can have that visibility translates to availability for customers.
0: Mm -hmm. And more accurate um, information on when exactly an item might be back in stock again, rather than just a guesstimate, which seems to be the case nowadays, but you're, you're making a big kind of call there in 10 years time, you say, Amazon is the supply chain of the whole world. Like are we removing the likes of FedEx and USPS and going Amazon is dominating a lot more of that and have their fingers in all of the pies in the um, supply chain um, marketplace, I guess.
1: Well, you know, certainly if you think about the last mile um, and you talk about UPS and FedEx and the Postal Service and Royal Mail, um, if you look at the number of packages Amazon's going to deliver or did deliver in 2020, and you look at the number of packages that USPS and the Postal, uh, excuse me, UPS, Postal Service, FedEx uh, delivers, you know they're less than an order magnitude away. And Amazon is growing at 20% per year, and these other guys are growing at three to six percent per year. Mm. And so, and the internet grows at twenty, twenty, twenty-five percent per year. So, you know, if you just do the math, uh, you know, the macroeconomic math of how many packages are each of these companies delivering this year, next year, all the way through 2030. uh, It's very clear that Amazon is going to dwarf all the rest of these. Amazon Logistics will dwarf the rest of these in the next few years.
0: And touching upon that then with with Amazon Logistics, particularly in the U.K., um how do you see that developing further in terms of do you see any new technology? Do you see any new ways of doing things or what What do you think we can expect to see in the next five years
1: um, you know we built a lot of technology and they continue to have you know hundreds of engineers if not thousands of engineers working on you know both optimizing the routing um optimizing the driver app and so on you know those are marginal changes. Uh, you know, transportation is is a very simple thing, right? You have to pick up a package somewhere, you have to get as dense a route as possible, and you have to, you know, uh, deliver the package. And the key to that is uh, things like uh, you know, the, cost of, the cost of delivery is all about the cost of driving, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't take you very long to get out of your truck, walk up to the doorstep, ring the doorbell, and leave a package. Uh, the the cost is in the drive the time between those stops because you don't get paid you get paid for the stops you don't get paid for the driving um, and so if you can shorten the drive time just like they've shortened the pick time with Kiva robots in the warehouses but if you can shorten the drive time uh, you're going to your economics get way better and in order to shorten shorten the drive time you need more density and so if you want to know one thing about transportation if you want to remember one thing about transportation it's density And then the second thing is density. And the third thing is density. Um, And uh, so that's why it makes total sense for Amazon to start picking up the merchant's packages and start picking up uh, people who are not associated with Amazon's packages and become a real carrier. Uh, You know, there are ideas about, um, you know, autonomous vehicles comes up all the time. Uh, Mm. The, you know, in the middle mile, meaning driving full truckloads from, from the manufacturer, from the port to the warehouse, or from the warehouse to the sort center. Um, you know, those are very likely to be turned into auto, auto, autonomous routes, right? You get on a highway, is it the M1 or what's the, the beltway around London? You get on the uh, highway- Yeah,
0: 25, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's, uh, and like the, the lines are well, well marked and, uh, you know, autonomous c- truck can drive on that. It's a much harder problem to drive in the city. Um, And so you'd expect the first autonomy to come out would be autonomous trucks. Um, And then, you know, even if you can get autonomous driving, you know, I I drive a Tesla and it's pretty good. Like (laughs) It's not level five autonomy, but it's definitely easier to drive that than to drive a, a, you know, a non-autopilot car. Um, And so it lowers the stress level. But even if you do that, you have autonomous cars running around the city. You still have to do what we call the last hundred feet, which Mm is uh, who's going to get the the package from the truck to the door, or from the car to the door, and you know there's various ways to skin that cat. Uh, one is to, you know, one is to have a little R2D2 robot that you, you know, think of an aircraft carrier model, where mm. you drive a bunch of these R2D2 robots out, and, and you have an arm that sets them down on the on the street, and they make their way to your doorstep, drop off the package, and then meet the meet the aircraft carrier back uh, on the street. Um another way is to have what we call client-side robotics right where you would have your own robot at your house and it would know it would know how to go out onto your porch down your driveway and meet the meet the car at the street as opposed to having a robot which has to figure out the path from the street to your doorstep on you know a million different doorsteps you have a robot that figures out the path to the street to the doorstep just for yours and that's your own personal robot and it can meet any you know, it can be any package delivery on the street.
0: Hey folks, it's George here. I'd like you to check out my new site, georges.blog. It's where you can find all of my famous weekly emails, as well as how we can work together. To repeat, that's georges.blog. Now, let's carry on with the episode. I never, I've never even thought about it, of flipping it around that way, but it would make a lot more sense because your own robot just memorizes that one route over and over again. What I think is also very interesting about hammering home that density point um, and how Amazon are obviously opening up their text. They can utilize, uh, not utilize, they can accept as many packages as possible. What that brings me kind of onto a little bit though, is what lies ahead for the likes of seller fulfilled prime and, the power that will give potentially Amazon if they're picking up all of these packages, what does that then mean? I've got an idea of what it means for sellers and vendors alike. What do you think it means when Amazon are picking up more and more and more? How does that, what does that power entail?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, in the end, it's good for customers. Like the, um, there was a, just a conversation I was having on LinkedIn with someone with Rick Watson who, you know, he, I felt like he conflated FBM, fulfillment by merchant, with Seller Fulfilled Prime, and you know they're they're raising the bar on Seller Fulfilled Prime. I don't know if you've seen this in the UK or if it's come out there, but the idea was that um, if you are Seller Fulfilled Prime, if you qualify for that, and if you're you're getting the Prime badge, like the bar is high because it's the Prime mm-hmm. brand, and yeah. so you know one way to get the Prime badge is FBA, right? That's the easiest way. And the next way is seller fulfilled Prime, but you have to be as good as people have come to expect from Prime, which means you know you're doing, you know, two day delivery at 100. You know potentially you know they're driving to one day delivery. Um, you know Amazon delivers on the weekends on Saturday and Sunday in the U.S. I don't know if they do that in the U.K. Uh, because mm-hmm. they sort the product. And so if you think of the Prime promise being you know one to two day delivery delivering 363 days to a year to your porch. Like if you want to be part of the prime package, you need to meet that bar and nobody meets that bar. And so I I, I expect you will see uh, Amazon sort of insisting on higher standards there.
0: Yeah. Which is where we saw the most recent stat um Which R- Rick recently shared as well, but I'd seen it before. About fewer than sixteen percent of products sent through Seller fill Prime actually met that two-day delivery promise, and I think that that conversation around what does this mean for me, I really do think it means that it's just going to be forcing more and more people to. Um, to adopt Amazon's own logistics or Amazon then in turn pushing people to go, this is your option. If you want your full range to be on prime or prime eligible, as they say, and you don't want the ball ache of having to manage your inventory, sending it into Amazon and dealing with inventory restrictions, then your very simple solution is we handle it all for you and you don't use anyone else. Um It suddenly becomes a very kind of obvious choice for people right
1: yeah, and if you think about twenty years ago, if you think about fulfillment and transportation as sort of the two components of fast delivery to customers uh twenty years ago, nobody did fulfillment well right u p s and royal mail did did um delivery about like they do today right they you know ninety eight percent ninety five percent on time delivery and so on um and so Fulfillment was the problem. Like uh, Amazon put a lot of effort into fulfillment. It turns out that other people have gotten good at fulfillment. Like Flex can get your package out on the same day and hand it to a carrier. Um, the And now you're seeing a lot of variability in the carrier network um, due to, you know, Shipageddon caused by COVID or, um, or Amazon just raising the bar. And so if you are, you know, Today, Amazon's fulfillment, both their fulfillment and their logistics, is better than UPS's, is better than Royal Mail's, is is better than um, the postal service. And so, in order to maintain that Prime promise and that Prime standard, you know, one of the leadership principles is insist on high standards or in, insist on mm-hmm. highest standards. And some people will believe these are unreasonably high, <laughs> as part of the subtext, um, like if you want to be part of the prime program, like you can be part of Amazon merchant business and there's a bar, right? You have to have some standards you have to deliver when you say you roll. If you want to be a part of Amazon's gold standard prime program, uh, you have to have a high standards, very high standards, unreasonably high standards potentially. And it's not clear that over the the fullness of time that anybody's going to be able to do that as well as Amazon.
0: No, and it's, it's interesting. You say 20 years ago, no one was good at fulfillment having been in australia i can confidently say one year ago and two years ago no one was good at fulfillment It's it's been a bit of a joke how quickly they have had to raise their own bar um and australia obviously pre- presents a very a large logistical challenge but i think it's very good all around for customers as well as for for merchants and brands as a whole to have people like Amazon and Amazon Logistics raising the bar and creating better services. Um, and in my opinion, in, in this particular case, Amazon do lots of things that can disrupt many industries, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, but I think with the logistics, if you're able to deliver things faster, more accurately and a more enjoyable experience, I don't really see a downside, whether that's on or off Amazon, you're using the Amazon Logistics service for. Overall, I see it's a very big positive. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, customers like fast free delivery. End of story, full period, stop. And, <laughs> you know, I always tell this story that when I was a kid, I, I watched TV and they were selling KTEL records. And, you know, you would pay $9.99 for the record and like 3 dollars 5 shipping and handling. You had to wait four to six weeks. And they would, you know, sell the whatever record uh, that month. And then they wait till they got 100,000 orders or they wait till they got a ton of orders. And they'd pick them all at once. And so their variable cost was very low. But you had to wait six weeks. I had forgotten that I'd rec- I had ordered it by then. And then you know, <laughs> Amazon came along and said, "Like, uh, you know, we can do it super saver shipping. You know, we can ship it within a week and it's free. Uh, and, and that was good. And so you got it within two weeks for free. And then Prime launched, and holy shit, you can get things in two hours for free or, you, or two days for free. And then Prime now launched, and it was two hours for free. So Amazon is continually driven. You know, we all know that the important things in retail are low prices, big selection, and fast delivery. Or, mm-hmm. or customer experience is the third one. And, and a proxy of that is um, fast delivery. And Amazon has continually dri- driven prices down, added selection, and reduced delivery times. And customers love that, and it's it's good for customers. And the you know it's it's mind-boggling that the carriers and the other retailers didn't detect this ten years ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, I made a statement about that the other day, but um, I think that I think that's very true. Of you could feel sorry for what's happening a little bit to the likes of FedEx, USPS, etc., because their market share is just getting gobbled up. But ultimately, you had this dominant position yourself and you rested on your laurels. You weren't perhaps thinking about the customer at all times. Like, um, uh, what's it called? Post Australia, Australia Post. When I first arrived two and a bit years ago, they wouldn't give tracking and they would deliver it in 10 days. Like, what did you expect? That they had the ability to improve that service because they now provide tracking and it's much faster. You always had the ability. They just didn't focus on it um but i've got one final question then we'll shoot because i'm conscious of your time and i like keeping these short and sweet what conversations and this could go on for longer than i'd expect but let's try and keep it brief what conversations do you think are happening inside the amazon transportation team right now
1: you know i i think they have i, I think six months ago it was like how do we survive how do we survive like we need to sign up more drivers we need to train them um and you know my guess is they just went through the biggest peak in the world and and they're recovering and you know they've scaled up they scaled up to survive last year um the other carrier scaled up to survive as well um now they're scaled and you know it's like cost right we we, Mm -hmm. we spent whatever we needed to to scale up last year and then now it's like how do we reduce cost per unit cost per delivery? And guess what the answer is? Density. Density, (laughs) (laughs) right? Take other people's packages. And so I would expect that they're trying to figure out, you know, do we have a strong foundation by which we can expand into carrying third party packages? That would be my guess of the conversations.
0: Love it. Dave, thank you so much for the very short 20 20 minutes, 20 seconds of conversation today and um, really enjoy speaking to you and Thanks a lot for, for taking some time out and giving us that five-year, 10-year roadmap that you foresee.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, I'll try to keep uh, keep my, my traffic driving high. and Stay ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Good
0: man, Dave. I'll speak to you very soon.
1: Okay, bye-bye. Bye.
0: Hey, guys, just a quick one. If you are enjoying the podcast and either have some actionable next steps or new ideas, I'd really appreciate if you could, one, subscribe to the show and leave us a review these are really really important to us as you probably know being in the amazon world and two if you're looking for additional support with your brand head over to the website it's always day one.co.uk where we've got links to other resources that's all for now guys speak soon